0: I love that song. Um, we'll start out with a very easy question today. It's real simple. This is an all skate. You can answer this question even if you're not a Christian, and uh, this is going to teach. This is going to teach hand racing. We're we're working on it. Okay. I've Watching some of y'all during worship, and you've you've gotten here. You've gotten here, and and you, you'll eventually go to you here. Y'all have heard me say it before. I stole a TV. Mufasa. All right, so. How many of you remember your first kiss? You remember your first kiss? Come on, come on, come on, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you don't raise your hand because you were hammered. But you remember, how many of you, your first kiss was at the skating rink? At the skate, okay, yeah, these are all the rednecks. All right, that's fine. I'm not, I'm just saying it's true, all right? First kiss. You remember the first. You remember the first of certain things. First kiss, first boyfriend, first girlfriend, first car. How many remember your first car? First car, first car. Yeah, yeah, that's everybody just about, except if you don't have a car. Um, I remember my, some of us had great experiences with our first car. Some of us not so great experiences. I was in that category. But we remember our first, the first time we went on vacation, the first time we flew on an airplane. Well, today, today, I'm going to talk about the very first miracle that Jesus performed, which happens to be his most controversial miracle. Anybody want to know, anybody want to guess what miracle we're going to talk about? Why, why? That's right, that's right. Now, here's the thing about the controversy. Most of Jesus' miracles, if not all of his miracles, were controversial at the time. Like when he, when he touched a dead guy and brought him back to life, He wasn't, you weren't supposed to touch dead people in that society. That was him becoming unclean, so it caused controversy. He healed a blind guy one time on the, in fact, he did a lot of miracles on the Sabbath, which was controversial. You weren't supposed to do that. But we don't, we don't fight about that today. But the water into wine, man, the Baptists have been upset over that one. Now, if Jesus had turned water into cupcakes... Just saying. i I never drank a drop of alcohol. Yeah, you ain't never left a biscuit either, have you? Anyways, well, that's another message for another time. Another message, another time. Isn't it funny how we love to pick on the sins that we don't, but we don't recognize the ones in the mirror? Okay, that's another message, another time. All right, water into wine. There's a reason, I, there's several reasons I believe Jesus did this first. And the, the metaphor in the miracle is so powerful Because Jesus didn't do this miracle so we could fight about it for 2,000 years. Jesus did this miracle to show us what he ultimately wants to do in us, through us, and for us. And there's some things in this text that I'm going to teach today that I have never seen in the Scriptures. And and being a Christian for now nearly 30 years, never seen what I'm going to teach on today, especially at the very end the thing I learned in preparing for this message absolutely blew my mind. And for some of you, I think it might be mind-blowing as well. Some of you might not be listening to me at the end of the message. All right, here we go. The, the, the water into wine. This is great. Here we go. John chapter 2. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Now, I just, I just have a confession, just straight up. Up until about a year or two ago, I couldn't stand weddings. They were horrible. They always asked me, to, will you officiate the wedding? Which sounds bad, doesn't it? It's like, they're gonna, it's like you're officiating a fight. But then after the first two weddings, I, I know why they ask you to officiate. Because nine times out of ten, the bride's mom is crazy. She's crazy. She thinks it's her wedding, and she goes psycho Billy Ninja on everybody that walks in. And, oh, this person's got to sit here, and this person's got to walk. And then they always have a family member that sings that can't sing. And it's okay for you, but I'm the pastor. i got to stand up there and go, <laughs> God, I wish Jesus would come back right now. I mean, it's and, and, and then they they do. We- I, I just haven't been a fan of weddings my whole life until the past two years. They've gotten way more simple. I've had people tell me, "Make it quick," and I'm like, "I can do that." My wedding was fun. We had fun. We were dancing. We ate food. It was great. Love. I hadn't been a fan of weddings, but but weddings during the time of Jesus, no, those were legit. They were parties. They were celebration. One of the things that the nation of Israel knew how to do was celebrate. Now, we wouldn't put Christianity and celebration, those are two words that we typically wouldn't put together, right? That, like an oxymoron, like, like uh, you know, jumbo shrimp, pretty ugly, South Carolina National Championship. Like those are things we just wouldn't put together. We won one in women's basketball. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, so we wouldn't put Christianity and celebration together. But if you read through the Old Testament, God told the nation of Israel seven times a year, there were three major festivals, four minor festivals, but for seven times a year, shut down the entire nation and celebrate for a week. Now, I. I I can get on board with that, God. Celebrate. I want you to celebrate. And and I I have people from time to time, not a lot here, but time to time, they'll walk in, and as they're leaving, they're like, felt more like a concert than it did church. I'm like, awesome. Because you know what people do at concerts? They celebrate. They have a good time. I think the church should be a place of celebration. You know why? Because heaven, have you read about heaven? It's going to be a place of celebration. We're going to clap. We're going to sing. We're going to enjoy it. It's not going to be something where somebody's like, I don't know if I like this place or not. Well, there is an alternative. (laughs) So so when they threw a, a wedding, it was a celebration. So, some weddings, they would last anywhere between three days and a week. And it was a party. <laughs> now, here's the thing that blows my mind. If you've ever thrown a party, you've got a list, but you don't just have a list, you got two lists. You got the list of people that you want to come, and then you got the list of people that you hope never come. Am I right? Now, some of you are like, I don't know about the second list. It's probably because you're on a lot of second lists. I mean, just, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just telling you the truth. It's, it's it, it, you make a list. And, and the people you want to come are usually the fun people, right? Like, I like fun people. I like happy people. I like to hang out with happy people. Could we go to dinner? No, because you're miserable. I don't want to go to dinner with you because I like to be happy. So you want to invite happy people. Now, the Jesus I grew up with, the Jesus that people told me about, if I'm making a party list, Jesus isn't on it. Right? I know there's a Jesus would always be on my party list. Not the Jesus I grew up with, because the Jesus I grew up with would have shown up at the party and been like, hmm, interesting choice of, Music, what is, is that, oh, 50 Cent, okay. <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> Did he swear? What, Oh, what is that? It's a dance, it's a dance, what, it doesn't look, what do you, what do you call that? What, twerk, twerk. <laughs> Mm-mm. You're going to hell. <laughs> hey Bob. Hey Bob. What are you drinking? Hmm? How many drinks is that? It's that's the Jesus that I grew up with. Sound familiar to anybody that grew up in church? Here's the thing I want to point out though. There was something about Jesus that people loved. There was something about Jesus that people were drawn to him. There was something about Jesus that was so special that he made the party list. The person that we, we would look at and go, I'm not sure, no. Back in the day, they, there was something about him. In fact, I heard a guy say this years ago, and it's always stuck with me. People that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus, and Jesus liked people that were nothing like him. So here's this big, huge celebration, and Jesus gets an invite, which which was just a great reminder to me that, that Jesus and celebration go hand in hand, that Jesus really does want his people, he wants, us to be filled with some, he wants us to be filled with joy. He wants us to actually experience celebration. And if there's a section of your life, or maybe your life isn't experiencing celebration, maybe you need to throw out an invite to Jesus to that area of your life. Because Jesus, well, He'll turn a condemnation into a celebration just like that. So, <laughs> so you got Jesus Showing up at the party. And, and, and everybody's having a great time until, until the wine supply ran out hmm. during the fest, festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. <laughs> now, when I was preparing this message, I was kind of dancing around this part a little bit, but I was like, screw it, I'm just going to say it. And and there's this reason. It's because we live in a society where too many people use the word triggered. And we've taken that word. There are people that legitimately get triggered by things. But today, everybody's triggered by everything. Oh my gosh, I'm so triggered. You're not triggered, you're a brat. You're spoiled. Shut up. It's called traffic. It's called Clemson Boulevard on Christmas, okay? Everybody cusses. Get over it. Move. And stop Blocking the intersection. Okay, got that out. I feel great. <laughs> I'm not trying to trigger anybody. I'm ju- but I'm going to just speak honestly, and you're in church, so I expect an honest response. If you're at a dinner partaking of food, and you happen to be partaking of the vine, drinking wine. If you happen to have some wine at the dinner, and you have a glass or two, in some cases, maybe three, I, I'm just, question, be honest. Does it make your heart happy? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. See, like people are like, yes, yes, it does. Now, there's always, I'm triggered by the whole alcohol thing. You want to have that conversation with me? Like you really want to go down that road? Okay, so, so we, we've got the we've wine running out. Now, in this culture and in this society, this was a big deal. In fact, in my research, I read that in some situations, you could be criminally prosecuted for this. If you invited people to your party You were expected to provide for all the people for the entire duration of the party. So when you ran out of wine, it brought about guilt, it brought about shame, it brought about condemnation, your name was going to be mud in in the community from who knows how long. I mean, this was a serious situation if you ran out of wine. Now, the rabbis of the day connected wine and joy. And as I said earlier, if you've had a few glasses of wine at a meal, it's not that hard to connect. Wine and joy. It it just happens. So you could almost look at this text and say, the joy ran out. They're having a party, everything's going great, and all of a sudden, something happens, and the joy is gone. That happened to some of us last year. For some of us, that's been the past two years. Life was going great, and the doctor called. Your mom called. You lost your job. You started battling with anxiety or depression. Never fought with these things in your life. But something happened. And, and listen, we don't know if the wine supply ran out because these people were poor planners. Or we don't know if somebody was stealing the We We don't know why it happened. We just know that it happened. And, and if you've experienced something in the past six months to the past year that's robbed you of your joy, maybe, maybe it was your fault. Maybe it wasn't your fault. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm just here to say if you're in this room or you're watching online and you have somehow ran out of joy, legitimate, genuine joy, then we need to do what Jesus' mother did. She took the problem to Jesus. If you have no joy, it's a it's it's the dashboard light saying you need to turn some things over to Jesus. At least that's how it's been every time I've experienced it. So, so Jesus, Jesus, our Jesus mother said, they have no more wine. Now, Jesus' response is something we're going to need to talk through for just a second. In fact, I, I just got a question. How many men in the room, men are in the room, I'm 50, so you're around my age, between 40 to 60. Raise your hand. Okay. This one is going to, you'll get this. You'll get this. The younger people won't get this as much, but it's because times have changed. If you're around my age, your your mama probably taught you how to speak to women. Am I right? You said yes, ma'am. You respected a woman and you respected your mother. Did you not? I remember the first time I went to a kid's house that didn't respect his mom. Like she came into the room, she's like, Are y'all doing okay? He's like, Dang, mom, I need my space. And I just left because I thought there was about to be a dead body. Because <laughs> if I had pulled that on my mom, dang, mom, I need my space. They would have never found me. <laughs> <laughs> now, say all that to say this. Watch this. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. Guys. Let's say that you have finished dinner you've gone into the living room and you're watching television. Your mother walks in and says, hey, um, you need to clean the table and put the dishes in the dishwasher. And you would have said, dear woman, that, that's all that would have made it out of my mouth. Dear woman. My time has not yet come. Your mother would have probably said, oh, your, your time is now. Like, so, so when I read this, I'm like, what's going on in this passage? And, and so I, I was digging into like, some commentaries and some books on this. I read six different commentaries, and all six people had different opinions about what this meant. Here's what I will let you know. Jesus was not disrespecting his mother. When he said, dear woman, that was, that, that, I mean, I wouldn't say that to a, to a lady today out of frustration, but, but this was the same words that he said to her from the cross. Dear woman, this is your son. I mean, so, so I said all that to say, sometimes we read a Bible verse and we don't really know what it means. That's this verse. Let's keep going. Verse five. But his mother told the servants do whatever he tells you. This is the best advice anyone could ever give. Just, his mother told the servant, say, yeah, yeah, we got a problem, we got a problem. There's Jesus. She completely ignored him, so this is how you know mama's in charge. Do Whatever he tells you. Do you know this is the only instructions that Mary ever gives anywhere in the scriptures? And it's the best, this is the best life advice I could offer anyone. When it comes to doing things in life, when it comes to just living, when, when it comes to Jesus, just do whatever he tells you. Now, here's what I wish I could say. I wish I could tell you that this was easy. I wish I could tell you it was always simple. I wish I could tell you that if you would just do what Jesus told you to do, you would always be happy in the moment. But I can't. I mean, I could, but I'd be lying. Let, for example, 2016, I got fired. I messed up. I was mad. I was hurt. I was angry. And I had a buddy. It's a therapist. And he's like, you need to go to rehab. And I told him I told him no. Okay? Like I'm trying to Maybe I told him a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. There were a lot of words, a lot of words used, a lot of words used in our But I told him no. And cuz at the end of the day, I didn't want to do that. So, after about the third or fourth day waking up with nothing to do, I was like, "You know, I should probably look at the website. I mean, nobody's ever died looking at a website, you know, so I opened my computer and I pulled up the website, and as soon as the website pulled up, God spoke to me and said, go. Now, I wish, I wish I could tell you that in that moment I said, yes, Jesus, I surrender all. Uh, he said, go, and I said, no. I ain't going. I want to go. I don't know what's going to happen when I get there. I don't know anybody there. I, d- d- Have you ever figured out that when you're trying to say no to Jesus, you you never short on excuses? Oh my gosh, I got excuses for days. But here's the thing I love about Jesus. He's persistent. Not mean, not angry, but like for the next few days, every time something would get quiet around me, it was always like... And finally... I was like, all right, I'll go. I, I was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, and, and I bet I had somebody ask me, I bet you that when you got there, you just knew you'd made the right decision. No, they strip searched me. I'm like, this sucks. I mean, whoa, not, nothing there. Like that, I literally got strip searched. They go, went through all my bags. And you got, I got treated like a middle schooler. It was, it was 30 days of hell on earth. I hated it. But I wouldn't be here today if I wouldn't have done it. I say, I say all that to say this. If you're battling with Jesus... If Jesus is saying you need to do this and you're saying no because I don't know how this is going to turn out and I don't know this person and I don't know the results and I don't know what's going to happen. Listen, he's not going to share that information with you. The best thing I could do, if he tells you to stop doing something, stop doing it. If he tells you to start doing something, start doing it. The best advice I could give you is do whatever he tells you to do because on the other end of obedience is a miracle that will absolutely blow your mind. And the reason we don't see miracles today is because all too often we put a stop to it and say, I'm not going there. And we miss the miracle. Do whatever he tells you to do. Now, this is, this is where it gets a little crazy. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold (laughs) 20 to 30 gallons. I'll explain why I'm laughing. I'm not great at math. But if there's six jars that hold 20 to 30 gallons. That means Jesus made between 150 and 180 gallons of wine. Don't miss this. Jesus has immeasurably more than you could ever imagine. He's not the God of a little bit. He's not the Jesus of a dab of blessing. When he blesses you, you will know it. It's amazing. like you made 180 made 180 gallons of wine, we can hang out. <laughs> we can be friends. Now, I want to back up. The, the number six, when I was reading through this text, any time I see a number, it stands out. And the reason it stands out is because most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, numbers are very symbolic. Well, six is a, means the number of incompletion. It's man's number. It's, it's incomplete. Um, I, I don't know, but it, I'm just kind of curious if there's anybody here that when it comes to spirituality, you just don't feel like a complete person. That would be me. Like, I know I'm incomplete. Like, I, have you ever met so, like, you thought you were doing good spiritually and you met somebody that was doing really good and, and you're like, oh my God, I suck. Like, that's, that. I, I feel like I'm incomplete. I wish... I should probably pray more or read my Bible more or or listen to worship music. I, I don't do I feel like I'm incomplete. I feel like there's a lot of work still left in me to do. Anybody feel like that? Anybody with me? You feel like there's a lot of work? If, if that's not you, thanks for being here, Jesus. We're glad you're here. The rest of us were incomplete. And 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 because of, of these jars and how they were used, they were unclean. Anybody feel spiritually unclean? Like, we just went through a whole season that did nothing but reveal the fact that we're unclean. For me, for me, um, I hate shopping. I hate shopping. It's the, it's the seventh level of hell. I don't like to shop. If, if you can't get it on Amazon, you don't need it. You're contributing to corporate cult? Yes, I am. And I'm happy. Bye now. But over Christmas, I'm trying to be a, like a good dad, good, you know, whatever, and cares my daughters. Like, Daddy, can you take me to the mall? And listen, there's 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 shopping, and then there's mall shopping. Am I right? And I I was like. Yes, we'll we'll go to the mall. What store? Because I need a plan. What store do we need to go to? And there's one, I, I swear to God, there's one store in the mall that I hate more than any other store in the mall. It's Bath and Body Works. So I'm like, I love that store. I don't. I hate And here's why. From the minute you walk in, people are spraying stuff on you, trying to get, hey, how's this smell? How's this smell? And you got to use your ninja skills to get to the cash register. And when you finally get to the cash register, they're like, oh, you have two of these, sir. Would you like three for an extra $5? No, I want this because I smell like body glow right now. And I'm trying to get out the door. We walked in the mall, I was happy. We walked outside the mall like I'm preaching on hell the entire month of January. I'm mad. So it revealed to me I'm not where I need to be in my walk with Jesus. And if you're honest, there's some people here today, if you're honest, you would have to admit that when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to being a Christian or walking with God, you feel incomplete and unclean. But here's the beauty of it. Jesus used incomplete, unclean vessels for the miracle. In fact, had it not been for the incomplete, unclean vessels, the miracle doesn't happen. In fact, Jesus only uses incomplete and unclean people because incomplete and unclean people is all that there are. So if you're here today, and you feel incomplete and unclean, congratulations, you're a candidate to be used for a miracle. Thank you, I, I was waiting on that, I was waiting on some, something, something. All right, so, so watch this, watch this. I love every verse, it's just great in this story, I love it. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water, Now, when I first started reading the Bible, I I did what most of us do. We we read the Bible through a 21st century mindset. And, And so when I read Fill the Jars, I thought, oh, that's easy. Just go to sink, go to spigot. We're in the South. We go to spigot. Or if you're outside, use the hose pipe, right? And you just fill up the jars. It wasn't until I went to Israel for the first time I had a guy, he was so sweet, he pulled me aside, he explained to me, he was like, they didn't have hose pipes and spigots. He said they had to go to the well. Can you imagine drawing 150 to 180 gallons from the well? You gotta take the bucket, you gotta put it in, you gotta lower it down, you gotta find the water, you gotta pull it back up, you gotta pour it. If you don't, if some pours out, you get mad. Can, can, Can we say that this took a long time? Yes or no? Yes. In other words, it was a process, right? The miracle, most of the time, not all the time. In fact, we're going to talk about it next week because we're going to show the exception. But most of the time, the miracle is on the other side of the process. It's, It's like this is January 2nd january 2nd right january 2nd today so tomorrow january 3rd gyms across america will be crowded with people and i i think it's hysterical because they're in there they got their matching you can always tell because their workout outfit matches all right like everything matches they look pretty and they walk in they're they're not in two weeks they won't be there you know why because they thought they were going to get the body of a God. I'm going to have the body of a God. And in two weeks, they did have a body of a God. Buddha. That's a, that's a, I, I'm, so they were like, I'm out. But it's a process. Getting in shape is a process. Walking with Jesus is a process. Experiencing miracles and immeasurably more is a process. And the reason, the reason so many times we miss the miracle as we say no to the process because we live in America and we want it here, we want it now, and we want it our way. Am I right? We're used to, we stand beside the microwave and scream hurry up. Like that's how impatient we are. When When our phone switches from Wi-Fi to data, we lose our minds. Like, we want things to happen so quick, but but the miracle is in the process. See, the miracles, going, going back to when I went to rehab, when I got out in 30 days, I would love to be able to tell you, I was clean and better. I wasn't. But you know what? It started a process. It started slow. I would do good and fall down. Do good and fall down. Do good and fall down. But... Because I did what he told me to do. It started a process that brought me to a place where I am today. That if you would have told me this is where I would be when everything happened. I wouldn't have believed you. But I can tell you that God works miracles through the process. So when he says fill up 180 gallons, get 180 gallons of fill up those six water jars. That's going to take some time. That's going to take some patience. It might not be in our time, but it will be in his time. And when the miracle shows up, we won't be able to deny it. But don't shortcut yourself by saying no to the process. Some of you need to hear this today. You're in the middle of a process. You're closer to a breakthrough than you could ever imagine. You're about to see things that are going to absolutely blow your mind. Don't give up. Keep going through the process. Keep listening to Jesus and doing what he says. So he, he says, he says to the servants, by the way, don't you love the fact that Jesus told the servants that? He didn't tell everybody. I love, I love it when, when, when churches finally understand that it's our job to get our house clean before we try to go out and clean the world? Every year, every year, every year, Pastor Pete, Pastor Pete, Starbucks is taking Christ out of Christmas. A couple things. Number one, Starbucks ain't that powerful. 2,000 years ago, Starbucks wasn't here and they won't be here in 2,000 years. Number two, Starbucks isn't a Christian company. I'm not concerned about Starbucks taking Christ out of Christmas. I'm more concerned about people that come to church on Sunday and take Christ out of their lives on Monday. Oh, snap. I didn't say that in the last service. That's not a microphone, I can't, if I dropped this mic, I would have to literally dive on the ground on my head, and then y'all would be like, vodka doesn't smell, what's he drinking? It's water, I promise. Jesus told the servants, fill the jar with water. When the jars had been filled, so they completed the task. They filled the jars, watch this. He said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. Did the servants understand what was going on at this point, do you think? No. Get some water. This is probably what they're Get some water. Fine. Get some water. Get some water. Get some water. Get some water. Okay, all right, here it is. Take some of the master ceremonies. All oh, you ever asked me to do is do stuff. Oh, I got to do. Take some. Why can't you take some of the master? Oh, I guess you think you're just Jesus Christ. So I just take some to the. You know, and so, because sometimes, don't we complain when we're trying to be obedient? Alright, I'll do it, fine. I'll go i i to church, go to church for two weeks. Listen, listen. If we've blown up our lives for 28 years, it's gonna take more than two weeks to get it back on track. It's a process. So Jesus, don't miss this. This is what's beautiful. Jesus said, All right, y'all been doing all this work over here in, in private. Now it's time to take it public. Jesus said, the work I've been telling you to do over here in private, now it's time to go public. See, Christianity is absolutely a personal issue, but it's not a private one. It is not our personal private faith that we get to hold. Jesus called us to be light in the dark. It, this is what blows my mind. I hear this all the time. Can you all tell? I'm getting kind of excited this morning. I hear this all the time. People complain to me, Pastor P, the world is going crazy. The world is so dark. The world is such a dark place. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome because Jesus told us that we are the light of the world. So the darker the world gets, the lighter the church can become, the brighter we can become, the more we can show people, you have put your hope. Hope in government, you put your hope in all these other things. How did that go? The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. So when the world is dark, we get to be light. That's good news. (laughs) And we don't do it by hiding it under a bushel, right? And so Jesus said you need to go public. By the way, by the way, I just want to emphasize this. For some of you, going public is being baptized. You pray to receive Christ and you haven't been back. Well, I just want to keep it to myself. Jesus did not die on a cross naked and bleeding and hanging for six hours so you could sit and feel comfortable about not going public for him. January 23rd, let's get it done. It's going to be cold. We paid for a heated pool. Awesome. Take it public. So the servant follows the instructions. Probably complain a little bit, because we do that when we follow Jesus, complain. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. Now, I I just want to point this out. Don't miss this. Only the servants got to see the miracle. Everybody else at the wedding, they were completely clueless. Only the servants got to see the miracle. The reason I say that is because I want to say thank you to everybody who volunteers here at second Chance each and every <laughs> week. There's a reason there, there's a reason that some people are more excited than others, and it's really simple. You've seen miracles. You, you saw it when we were on online campus. You saw it when we were in the Barbaritos building. You saw this building get built. You've, you, now we are, you, you've seen all that stuff. Only the servants get to see the miracles. And so the, when we begin to serve Jesus and do what he says, we get to see miracles. Not just in our lives. I, I love celebrating miracles in other people's lives. This is great. But watch what he said. To, now, <laughs> this is for the people that are still upset. That is real wine. I had a guy tell me one time they didn't know how to make wine during the time. Okay, hold on. Genesis 6, I always go back to this. Genesis 6, 7 and 8. Story of the flood. Noah gets off the boat, go read this for yourself if you don't believe me, plants a vineyard gets drunk and naked mankind had figured out how to get hammered by the eighth chapter of genesis <laughs> i say it all the time noah got drunk and naked and he's a bible hero i got drunk kept my clothes on and got fired so i like i you just like it's not fair but I mean you got to laugh at it. I mean if you don't learn to laugh, you know every time I do that somebody gets mad at me. You can't it's my story. But it triggered me. Anyway. So so they take it to the master of ceremonies and the master ceremonies like if you're at a party, if you're at a party and and the party is like I mean it's it's like an awesome party and somebody brings you a drink and you're at a party, what do you do? You drink it, right? That's like one-fourth of the room. The other people are like, you pray? No, no, no. It's like, ah, it's your birthday. Uh-huh, yeah. You got the rest of the little cup. And, they're like, and so there's the master ceremony, and like the music is, everything's great. And watch this. A and then he, this is what he said. A host always serves the best wine first. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. It's in the text. If you're, you, you would have to be intellectually dishonest to miss this. He says, we started off with the good stuff. The cab salve, 20 years old, from France in the oak barrel. That's the good stuff. Three hours in, we are into the Mad Dog 2020 from QT. <laughs> Y'all laughed at that. I know who my crowd is now. I know. I, yeah, I got y'all. I got y'all. Yeah. That's what, that's what he's saying. You start with the good stuff, and then when everybody's had a lot of the good stuff, you give them the cheap stuff because they don't care anymore. Am I right? Yes or no? Yeah. He said, you, 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 you start out with the good stuff, you with the stuff that isn't as good. Watch this. But you have kept the best until now. What does that mean? Jesus only has the best in mind for you. The reason I would tell you to give your life to Christ is because all he wants for you is the best. The reason I would beg you to keep following Christ, keep engaging in the process, it is because all he wants for you is the best. He wants immeasurably more than you could ever imagine. This is, this, is, this, is, this is the end, and I promise I'm done. This is what absolutely blew my mind when I was studying this text. I've never seen this before. I'm, I'm going to do what we are advised to do on TV for the next few minutes and just follow the science, okay? Stay with me. Jesus didn't do this miracle so that we would have something to argue about in 2000 years. Jesus did this miracle to show us what he wants to do in us. To so stay with me, stay with me. The human body, the human body is made up of about 70% water. What would it look like for Jesus to take our water and turn it into wine? I'll tell you what it'd look like. It would look like peace that this world can't take from you. It would look like joy that this world can't take from you. It would look like hope that this world can't take from you. It would look like an abundant life that nothing in this world could ever take from you as we say yes to Jesus and allow him to take our water and turn it into something supernatural. So what do you want Jesus to do in you in 2022? What is that thing that what, what's that miracle that you need? I'm not talking about your cousin, I'm not talking about your friend, I'm talking about your spouse who might not be here. What's the miracle that you need Jesus to do in 2022? Because I'm just a guy that just takes God at his word. And if he said it, I believe it. If he said he'd give us peace that passes all understanding, I believe it. If he says he wants to do a measure more, I believe him if he said he would finish what he started i believe him so as we pray today in fact let's just bow our heads and close our eyes let me ask you what's the miracle that you need to see jesus do in 2022 what's the thing you need him to do in you in 2022 what's the thing because his word says that he's a miracle worker You say, Lord, if you say it, I'm going to believe it. I'm not going to allow the enemy to rob me of my faith. If you say it, I believe it, I receive it, and that's what I'm going for. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, maybe you need to pray, God, fill me with the faith. Fill me with the faith to believe that you can turn my water into wine. Fill me with the faith to believe that nothing is impossible. Fill me with the faith to believe that peace is not just some concept for other people, that your peace is for me. Fill me with the faith to believe in that miracle. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come in your life. And today, you know that that's your next step, that you wanna ask Jesus to come in your life, you wanna give your life to him. If that's you and you're here in this room or watching online, I want to invite you to pray. Right now, right where you stand, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you in my life. Come in and take over in jesus name i pray with heads bowed and eyes closed if you just prayed that prayer you literally crossed over from death to life the old has been new the lost has been found i want to pray for you i want to celebrate with you so if you just prayed that prayer you just prayed that prayer i want you to do me a favor and right now put your hands straight up in the air just put it straight up in the air right now because i want to pray with you i want to pray for you amen amen Amen. Anybody else, if you're online, do a hand raise. Father, I want to thank you for these hands that are in the air. I want to thank you for changing lives. I want to thank you that you are faithful. I want to thank you that if you said it, we can believe it. God, that we can live on the power of your word. Fill us with faith this week. Fill us with hope this week. Fill us with courage. And thank you that you are the God of immeasurably more. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that the said amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Me too. We'll see you guys next week. God bless. Have a great week.